is my podcast where I deep dive into matters surrounding HR tech and the future of work. I was a former HR serial entrepreneur and write extensively about the future of work on my blog. You may know me better through the Singapore HR tech market map that I created in 2017. In this podcast, I speak with the people who are enabling the future of work. From mindfulness coach to employee engagement platform, they are all helping companies to better navigate rising work and business demands. I'm hoping that sharing in this podcast will help you better prepare yourself and your business for what the future of work may bring. Hey, Us, thank you for coming on to the podcast. To start off, perhaps you could help us to better understand about yourself as well as your company, Eclair. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yes, that's perfect, Adrian. Thank you so much. The name of the company is Eclair. Just as a, as a quick story around this, I'm actually French and Moroccan. I've been living in Singapore for 10 years now, always working in, in learning and development. And I started my company, Eclair. Uh, a couple of years ago, and it's the, the name Ikli actually has its roots in the Arabic language. It means mindsets in Arabic. And this is because the belief we have is that every behavior change, and that's what we try to do for organizations that we work with, every behavior change starts with uh, having the right mindsets. And that's basically what we do with, with Ikli Adrian. And mindset is very important and significant thing, which honestly, I don't really see a lot of emphasis when it comes to many different training programs or even learning providers. Why do you think mindset is something that you want to take the first step with? That's a great question. If you think about behavior change from a process perspective, um, a lot of what has been done in the past few years, I would say for organization is a big focus on skips in other ways knowledge. And I think if we take an example, we work with a lot of organization around the agility or digital transformation and organization teams, individuals find themselves with having the right knowledge. In other words, they know what needs to be done, but they still struggle a lot in actually applying the learnings in actually changing the behaviors. Um, and what we're finding out is that if you do not have the right mindset at the outset, it will be very difficult for you to have some consistent changes uh, along the way with your team or with your learners. And so that's what we're trying to do, just helping teams to have the right mindset so then they can optimize the performance along the way. For any new users of your platform, what would they be seeing and what kind of features or illustration would be there to emphasize and place a heavier weightage on mindset and how do they move forward with that? Great. Thank you for asking. In a nutshell, Eclia, we are at the intersection of experiential learning and gaming, technology and data and behavior science. In other words, we work with teams to help them improve and accelerate the performance. What you will be seeing when you use our platform for team development programs is a few different things. But the starting point would be uh, a game-based learning program called Allen that will actually help you apply and practice the behaviors of uh, high-performing teams. Once you actually play the game, uh, you will have a, a debrief with one of our coaches that will help you understand what was the mindset that you had in the experience, what could have been a better mindset, and, and what could you have done differently so that you could have become a high-performing team. And using this game-based learning approach helps from a few different perspectives, mainly giving the opportunity for teams to practice the learning in a very safe environment. And so that's the, the very starting point of the engagement we have with teams and organization. And that can follow through for three months, six month team development journey. We also have in the platform, a team assessment that helps you diagnose your team maturity and your team effectiveness. And so when you put all of this together, what you have is three to six month team development journey 
that are highly engaging and fun with a game-based learning program anchored in behavior science and research using our team assessment to diagnose your team needs. And we still help you to deliver performance improvement with follow-through team coaching uh, session with your teams at real. I think within your answers, you probably mentioned teams like 100 times. So I'd like to touch on that first. Understand one of the unique selling proposition that you have or one of the key things that you're trying to emphasize across is team learning. How would team learning be different compared to individual? And within this current context of COVID-19, is team learning even possible? <laughs> the short answer is yes, it is possible. I think there's a few things behind your question that maybe I'll try to take it um, one by one. The the number one is why team learning? What we found is that there is a slew of learning solution, digital learning solution for individuals in the market today. Um, now, that being said, you might have the best talented individuals in your teams that might not be enough for the team to perform together. And so to answer the question on why teams, what we're really focusing on is not just the individuals, but how all the individuals within the team, including the team leader, can optimize the performance by finding better ways of working together. How do we make this happen? We actually have a partnership with a research company uh, in Sweden. And what they have is 30 years of research and development about how to become a high-performing team. And we know there is a, a well-thought structured process to become a high-performing, which is basically a stage four team. But before becoming this, you need to go through stage one, the balance and inclusion, stage two, which is counter dependency and fighting, and stage three, which is trust and structure. So what we do is we help teams pace the development journey so that they can become a high-performing team after working with us for six months or a year, for instance. This is really this idea of, of collective intelligence. Now, the second part of your question was, how do we make that happen in a digital environment with COVID-19? And that was one of the key challenges that, that a lot of organizations and teams are facing today. The, the idea behind this and, and what we talk about is the idea of culture fading. Um, if you think about it, usually culture in an organization or in a team used to happen not so much in the team meetings, but in the hallway at the pantry and all this kind of everyday interaction that you have with your team members talking about not just work, but life in general disappearing. And now that we're working remotely, having calls on zoom, for instance. And so what we try to do, and the reason why we're using the game-based learning program is that it allows team to kind of bond together, have a networking event, have the same feeling of being in a face-to-face -face environment except that we're doing that uh, in a digital space in, in using Zoom, for instance. And so that's why we're able to create this emotional connection, this social learning within the teams, even in a COVID-19 environment. And all this talk about team-based learning also got me reminded of video that I watched on Netflix. Uh, it's called The Playbook and within it, uh -huh. they actually featured uh, Jose Mourinho. And couldn't remember the entire video, but I could remember one segment where he was talking about his him coaching Real Madrid and he said <laughs> something to the extent, I'm not here to coach Ronaldo how to take free kick. I'm here to coach him how to play his best within this team. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for every other player. So the team makeup 
or rather it really goes back to the, the equation people always like to say one plus one equal to three, <laughs> which is why the emphasis on team. Uh, and early on, you also mentioned about the gaming aspect where you have this island thing and all that. So how does the gaming aspect come into play here? Why specifically gaming concept? A few different reasons behind it. Number one is, and, and we need to start by diagnosing where the learning industry is right now. I used to be the head of learning and development at IKEA. One of the biggest challenge I had was showing the effectiveness, in other words, the return on investment of current learning solutions. And we know that the uh, MOOCs, for instance, are extremely low from a completion perspective. People go for training program. They will spend a great half day or one day. They will go back to their, to their workplace uh, and nothing will happen. Nothing will change. And when you really think about it, the ambition of any learning initiatives is to change behaviors for performance improvements. What we know and research has shown that using experiential learning or gaming in a way will help learners and hence teams change this, their behaviors in a faster way. What's the reason behind this is because we're not just focused on knowledge. In a traditional training environment, you will have videos or PowerPoint or snippets of content that basically will tell you what to do. So that's mainly focused about uh, targeting you in the head, Adrian. I'm, I'm going to give you a framework of step one, two, three, four. And if you can put that into practice, then you will get the desired outcome that you want. But we know that's not enough. When you actually go through an experience, uh, a game like Mickey Allen, you will have to practice and test what you know. So it's no longer your head, it's your hands. It's also your heart. Because when you go through the game, your performance in the game, the score at the end, is directly correlated to your ability to demonstrate the characteristics of high-performing teams. And so you will feel either uh, uh, something at the end because your performance will not be so great, that is because you haven't been able to demonstrate it, or you have been able to do that, and then your score at the end will be very high. So in other words, we're able to put in perspective the consequences of your actions and your behaviors based on the choices you made as a team in the game. And so that creates a lot of conversation later on, not just about the theory and the knowledge, but about what actually is happening in your everyday ways of working. How can you change that? And so then you can achieve a high performance. And for this team learning, I understand you have applied this across many different industries as well as many different countries. Are you seeing any form of differentiation in the way people learn across different demographics, different countries? And, and how do you cater to this kind of nuances differently and effectively? That's a great question. That was one of the, the biggest assumptions when we started to work with organization using our experiential learning solution called Mikaelin. Um trying to have a better understanding of how teams um, and individual really would respond to it based on where they are in, in, in Asia Pacific. And I think we can take a couple of examples to show you and to answer the, the, the question. Um, we recently had an engagement with one team in Microsoft with one of the business units. It's a distributed teams with people coming from India, Singapore, Korea, Japan. So very wide range of cultural differences. Um, what we find, and we find it every single time when we run the solutions and the, the team development programs is that, well, everyone loves to play a game and they bring their own self in the experience. And at the end of the day, whether you're young or older, whether you're coming from Asia or Europe, what you like is to have an experience, to spend some time with a colleague, to 
take decisions and own the learning process and to have fun along the way. Um, the other thing is that we're able to customize and personalize our approach because we're basically using a, a coaching approach in how we work with those clients. In other ways, we're not forcing any teams to make any decision. We're just putting them in an environment and the team will decide for themselves what is it that they want to focus on and what are the decisions they will make in the game. And then after that, we have what we call a debrief. So the coach will have a conversation with the team about the choices they made in the experience, the consequences and how it links to, to their results. And so what we're able to do is to kind of debrief how the different cultural nuances between the different cultures uh, that they're coming from impact their everyday decision and, and what's the impact on the overall team performance. And for uh, a country like Singapore, of course, scaling learning is always something that we keep reinforcing to the extent, I think, to many people, the notion of having to learn and upscale and rescale is something that is part of life. But having said that, there's also, of course, pressure as well as initiative coming from the company side to look at the same thing. And that's at the individual learning level. We're not even talking about team learning and other stuff like that. Do you think that we are also reaching a point where we might be hitting a learning area? Because right now, there's just so many things coming into play right now. And how do we really tackle this in a much more nuanced manner to really get the learning that is required, but also to ensure that we maintain the sanity? I think you're absolutely right. That There is definitely a learning fatigue in, in, in the same way that, that people went through uh, a Zoom fatigue uh, a few months ago. Um, we're actually working with, with a couple of partners in Singapore, accrediting our workshop for, for Skills Future. Th this is what we find from working with them is a lot of the, the ways training has been done traditionally, uh, and that's also true for some of the Skills Future program, is that, again, to link to, to what I was say, sharing earlier, it's very much focused on the knowledge, the theory. It doesn't give enough opportunity for the learners to practice what has been taught. And there is always this big gap between what I'm, what I am being told in the training environment and how can I see the impact of the, of this in my everyday work? How does that help me become a better team leader or uh, a better professional in my organization? Um, the other element of it is the need to create more social learning. We as individuals, as human beings, we don't learn on our own. That is part of the process, but we need to learn with others from others. And suddenly when you have something like a game-based learning program where you will have fun and play with your team to understand the characteristics of high, of high performing teams, what it allows, it puts all of the theoretical knowledge in perspective with practical action and choices that you will take. The other thing is that it allows you to learn with others and confront and challenge what you thought was right with what other people in your team uh, are, are thinking about. And so when you have all of this together, it just makes the whole learning process way more engaging and interactive. 
and at the same time with better results at the end. So learning has to be something that you see with the end in mind and of course try to learn in an environment where you can learn with other people as well. And I totally agree with you. I've been taking on so many different learning programs ever since the COVID situation started from photography to music to many other stuff. <laughs> and I've dropped so many things along the way. I couldn't play a ukulele to save my life. So I stopped that altogether. I did painting, I dropped as well, but I also have taken up things like investment and all that. But having said that, I think the one that I really paid the fullest attention was something that I did in a cohort. So it's still virtual, but I registered for a course with Nest Academy and they were teaching us about this script writing thing. But because it's real time, it's in a group, there's a peer pressure element there. <laughs> so you can't, you can't really knock off and with your camera on, you can't really play with your phone. And that really forced you to participate in it. And I learned yeah. so much from it. And we even have deliverables because we have to do project. And that really helped. I do understand in one of our previous conversations, you also mentioned about team performance improvement would actually help organizations in many different contexts. And in one specific context would be digital transformation. Could you help us to connect the dots here? How does having a better team performance or team learning performance uh, improvement help in terms of, say, digital transformation? Yes, thank you, Adrian. I think this is a great question for us to put in perspective everything we've been talking about today. The idea of using an experiential learning program, the team assessment to measure the team effectiveness uh, and the focus on mindset and behaviors. A lot of the organizations that we're working with have found themselves in a place where they started digital transformation efforts uh, a few years ago, two, three years ago. Um, and are now trying to scale it up. And when we start to work with them and engage some of the teams, what we find is that a lot of things is very well documented internally. They have processes, they have tools. What they're struggling to do is to empower team to fully apply and demonstrate the behaviors of agile, of agile teams, for instance. And this is where, when we work with them for six month team development program, for instance, we're actually helping the teams to get to a higher level of group maturity. So then they can optimize and fully demonstrate and apply the behaviors of high-performing teams and agile teams. Let me take a, a very simple example. When you go through the Mickey Island experiential learning program or our game-based learning program, what you will learn at the end is that it's not about the everyday decisions that you make on the island trying to survive. It's not about managing the food and the water. It's about having the right mindsets so that you can win in the game. Now, what are the two mindsets that we're focusing on? Number one, a strong focus on individual and interactions. Number two, the idea of having an early start and continuous improvement mindset. And if you're able to have that in McKellen, you will be able to survive throughout the whole, the whole game and the whole experience. So by actually helping the team to understand what it means to have this mindset in McKellen, we're then able to help them understand how they can apply that in the everyday ways of working. And when you start doing this at scale within the organization, then teams are able to move from a knowledge perspective. This is what we have been focusing on for the past two or three years from a process and tools perspective into this is how we can start integrating it and embed this into our everyday of working, both from a mindset and behavior perspective. And this is how we're helping organization to optimize and, and take further the digital transformation effort that they started uh, a few years ago. That's so interesting to learn. And what's the roadmap for ICLIA uh, for the rest of the year and coming next? Yes, a few things that we're currently working on. Number one, we're still developing the product. We're digitizing more of our team coaching solutions so that, or with the ambition 
and the intention to empower some of the team leaders to be able to run some of the workshop with their team on their own. So that's one of the key focus that we have. Number two, we're designing more experiences, more games like Mickey Island. Uh, we already have a second game that, that we started to, to deliver and sold to some of our clients. And we need to just keep developing the, the product range so that we have a solution that can um, solve the problems that team leaders have, that organizations have. Put it very simply, how do we help not only our leaders, but our teams to improve the performance in a way that is highly engaging, fun, while at the same time delivering business results and using our team assessment to do this. So it's a big focus on, on the product development so that we can solve the some of our clients' need, Adrian. And for people who is interested to learn more about team learning as well as Eclair, where can they go? They can definitely go on our website, www.eclair.com, and I think that will be on, on, on the summary of this podcast as well. I'm more than happy to connect with them on, on LinkedIn. They can follow our LinkedIn page as well, where we post not only some of the things that we're doing, but some knowledge tips as well. So if you're interested to to learn more, we're more than happy to get in touch with you and you can find some more information in our website and LinkedIn page, Adrian. Yes, those information will be added into the show notes and hopefully you will also find it beneficial to learn more about team learning as well as what Eclair does. Thank you so much, Rose, for coming onto the show today. Thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Hunt Show.